Let's take our Bibles, please, to Galatians chapter 5. Take the Word of God to Galatians 5. As we continue through the fruit of the Spirit, we only have two left, y'all, only two left. We're almost out of the works of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit. We've been in these five verses, these four verses, the last, what, three, four months? It's been a while we've been going through them. We're almost out, and then now we're basically cruising through the rest of the book. Galatians 6 has much, so don't think it's nothing important there. Galatians 6 has, like, bear you one another's burdens. It has, brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, you which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself. And also has, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. So there's plenty, plenty of fruit and plenty of help in Galatians 6. But when I say cruising, uh, we may be in it uh, after the fruit of the Spirit. We may be in it another month or two. And then we're out. And we have completed the whole book of Galatians. And if you'd be shocked to know, we are over 90 sermons in the book of Galatians. Over 90. And we thank the Lord for that. And here's why that's good. Number one, they're all recorded. So we can go back and all study it when we need it. And go back verse by verse and to see what the Word of God says. What a great help and a good tool could be used in the future. We thank the Lord for that. Galatians chapter 5, verse number 22. The Bible says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, that's kindness, goodness, being good, faith, that's faithfulness. Tonight we're going to deal with meekness, meekness. And then the next one is temperance. That word temperance means self-control. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. Again, tonight we're going through fruit inspection. Tonight we're going to deal with meekness. What we're trying to do is we need to be sun-ripened fruit. S-O-N. We want to be sun-ripened fruit. And let's deal tonight with fruit inspection and meekness and understand that meekness is not weakness. We'll learn that tonight. Let's pray. God, thank you for Tucker being here tonight, Lord. How good it is to see my dear friend and brother here tonight. Father, we thank you for the Word of God. We thank you for the help that you've given us. Thank you for the encouragement that the people were to me with our previous sermons, Father. I pray that you'd help us tonight to give one to them that would help them throughout eternity. Plant a seed within us, Father, that will give us encouragement all of our days. We love you, God. Thank you so much for your help. In Christ's name, amen. According to Bill Farmer's newspaper column, J. Upton Dixon was a fun-loving fellow who said he was writing a book. He wrote a book titled this, Cower Power. C-O-W-E-R, Power. Cower Power. He also founded a group of submissive people. He called this group doormats. The stands, this stands for Dependent Organization of Really Meek and Timid Souls. He called them doormats. Their motto was, the meek shall inherit the earth if everyone's okay with that. The space symbol, their symbol, excuse me, was the yellow traffic light, was meekness. Mr. Dixon sounds like he'd be a lot of fun, doesn't he? What is disturbing about all of this, though, is that people assume that this is a ridiculous idea. People have the idea that meekness means you're a doormat. It means that you have cower power. And it has the idea that you are a yellow light. That's not meekness whatsoever. Many in the church think that meekness is to be weak. 
Many of us have the idea that when I say to be meek, it has the idea of just accepting anything, doing nothing, and being a doormat for everyone to brush the dirt off when they walk inside. But that's not the idea of meekness at all. A.W. Tozer wrote this. He said, The meek man is not a human mouse afflicted with a sense of his own inferiority. Rather, he may be in his moral life as bold as a lion and as strong as Samson. But he has stopped being fooled about himself. He has accepted God's estimate of his own life. He knows he is as weak and helpless as God declared him to be. But paradoxically, he knows at the same time that he is in the sight of God of more importance than angels. In himself nothing, in God everything, that is his motto. Again, we are trying to be sun-ripened fruit, dealing with the fruit of the Spirit. This is the cluster that comes from this. We've learned thus far about love, joy, peace, patience, uh, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and now meekness. Now I want to show you what meekness is. Many of you who don't know exactly what we're getting at, but we will give you try and to clarify what it is. Number one, I'd like you to see the definition of meekness. It's definition. Matthew 5, 5, many of you know this. Blessed are the who? The meek, for they shall inherit the earth. That's quite a big inheritance, my friend, more than all the wealth combined on earth. Now, meekness is not weakness. Let's give you the definition of what meekness is. It is power under control. It is strength under control. Meekness is not being cowardly. It is not being what they call milk toast. It is not being weak. Now, let me ask you a question. The Lord Jesus was meek, wasn't He? The Bible says He was. Do you consider Him to be weak? The Lord Jesus was meek when He died on the cross for all of the sins and dregs of humanity. Do you consider that weak? When He prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane and sweat drops of blood came from His skull, you consider that to be weak? When He faced the most gruesome death of all humankind has ever experienced, you consider that to be weak? The man that considers the meekness of Christians to be weakness, friends, they're wrong. If you think meekness is weakness, friends, try being meek for one week. <laughs> try being meek for a short period of time. Meekness is power under control. It's strength under control. Now, when a horse or an ox is domesticated to be used for work, they say that that animal has to be made meek. They have to make the ox meek. It's power under control. What they have to do is an ox is very strong, but listen to me. If you don't make that ox meek, you cannot control its power. It'll be unuseful. The same way it is with us. God has given us power, ambition, strength, ability, talents, but it is not put under control of Christ. It's of no use. Many of us have the idea, well, God's made me talented. He's made me powerful. He's made me strong. He's given me such and such ability. But if it's not placed under His yoke, under His control then we've all messed up. Again, I want to say this to all of you. The flesh puts you out of control. The Spirit brings you under control. He makes you under the control of the Lord. Adrian Rogers, when I was studying this, says there are three things that we can do with our natural abilities. God has given all of us strengths, and the world tells two of them. God says the third. Number one, here's what... the uh, here's what. Uh, people say you can do with natural abilities. Number one, you can have self-assertion. There's a catchphrase 
that we should just let the horses run wild. Basically, it's the idea that what we feel, we do, we love, we just let everything go without any restraint. We just do what we want, love what we want, sleep where we want, say what we want, with no restraint, no control. Back in the 60s, they said, whatever's natural is beautiful. Whatever's beautiful is right. Just do whatever you want to do. That's your 60s mottos in America. And friends, that's the idea of this self-assertion. You have all these talents, you have all these abilities, just let it run wild, just run free. Do whatever your little heart desires. Now, you know what's very interesting? Here's how we know that our God is the true and living God. Because our Lord goes against human nature, not with it. Here's what I can explain. The ancient people, if they wanted to do something wicked or vile, they would create a God that they could worship while doing it. Let me give you an example. If they wanted to get drunk, they made a god named Bacchus. He's called the god of wine, and so they would get drunk to worship this god named Bacchus. These people also wanted to fornicate, so they made themselves a goddess that would allow them to worship her in fornication. Her name is Venus. She's the god of sexuality. If they wanted to take vengeance on others and wrath and revenge, well, they made a god of war. His name is Mars. They would create gods to allow their lusts to be uncontrolled so they could justify it by worshiping these false gods. They say, just let the horses run wild. Do whatever you want, the self-assertion of not being meek, not being under control, not being tamed in the right context, but doing whatever you want and being free to I'll just live the way whatever I want. Friends, why do you think this country and other countries have seen AIDS epidemics? because people are running wild. The wild horses are running. So on one end, you have self-assertion. Let anything go. Do whatever you want. On the other end, number two, you have self-restraint. Some people teach that all desire is bad, and the reason that man is unhappy in his life is because he has desire. That's unfulfilled. Basically, to cripple the horse, not to let it run wild, but cripple it. It says this, what makes a man unhappy is they have all these unbridled desires. Just that all they want is for you to come to a place where you have no desire, no dreams. These are the two sides, uh, these are the two ditches. One ditch is let anything go, be free, be like an untamed horse. The other side is be completely under control. Do nothing, say nothing, have no desire, no dreams, no vision, have no ambition at all. This place, this self-restraint says, restrain yourself until you come to a place of nothingness. God's way, my friend, is not to cripple the horse or to let it run wild. God wants to take that that drive, that ambition, that goal that you have, and He wants to take it and use it for His glory. Now, what does He want us to do? It's not about self-assertion, to do whatever you want. It's not about self-restraint, to stop doing everything. Meekness is this. Number three, self-control. Self-control. God wants to take all that He gave you and He wants to control it and use it for His glory. God gave the ox ability, great power, great work ethic is the ox. But if it's not tamed, that power is of no use. So the ox can't just run wild, it doesn't get its purpose out, but it can't be completely put down or it can't do anything. It has to have balance of the two. God doesn't listen to me. Any of you have a bad temper? Yeah, God doesn't want to take that temper out of you. He doesn't want you to have no temper. 
He wants you to have that temper under control. Christ was mad about things. The Bible says we can be angry and sin not. It's not about you not having a temper. It's about you being mad about the right things. You should be mad about the sin in our nation, about the pornography that's rampant, about the LGBTQ that's being pushed in our children's brains. You can be mad and sin not. He wants to use that temper you have for His glory. It's okay to be angry, but you got to be angry about the right things and handle it the right way to be under control with that anger. That is strength under control. There are some things that should make you good and mad. You ever heard that? I'm good and mad? Well, you should be good and mad. The Lord wants you to use your tongue and not to lose it. He doesn't want you never to speak, but He doesn't want you to be that wild horse just letting it fly. He wants to take your tongue and use it, and meekness is power under control to be used correctly. Are we painting a picture here? This is exactly what He wants. Do you have ambition? Is it wrong to have ambition? No, it's not. Your ambition should be under control to serve Christ with every ounce of your being. The meek person, listen clearly, is the one who gives his reins over to Jesus Christ and says, you're in charge and you lead. That's your definition of meekness. It is self-restraint, I mean not self-restraint, self-control of taking what you have, whatever it is, all of it, and using it for His glory and using it all for Him. Number two, I'd like you to see the design of meekness. The design. Matthew eleven twenty nine says this, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, <clears throat> for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. If we are going to learn of Christ and to follow Him and to do what He says, you're not going to do it being stiff-necked and being proud, but being meek is how you will learn. Jesus Christ says here, I am meek and lowly, learn of Me. James 1.21 says this, Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. Then he says, Be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. To be controlled by the Lord, what does that mean? We must be controlled by His will, His way, and His word. The word filthiness there in James 1 has the idea of earwax in your ear. That's clogging it. He's saying, get the wax out of your ear, listen to the Word of God, and do the Word of God. If you won't listen, I want to tell you a good rule for you. Christian, if you won't submit to the Lord, He'll make you submit. If you battle pride and arrogancy, and the opposite of meekness is your power is out of control, then He will have to put you under control. Here's a good life lesson for you, my friends, from experience. If you won't put yourself under control, God will, and it's much harder when God does it. And He makes it sting a bit. Friend, a horse that's running wild and won't listen to its master, the horse has to pay a price for that. He has to be put under control. Many people today have a life of hardship simply to humble them, to bring meekness about from them. Impression, listen to this, impression without expression leads to depression. If you're impressed by the Word of God, right? We learned this this morning. To know something's one thing, but you have to believe it. So if it's impressed in you, but not expressed out of you, 
it will leave depression about you. Meekness is to accept the Word of God and allow it to bring us under Christ's control. Meekness is, again, power under control, strength under control. It's being able to be controlled and tamed and used right. Friends, some of us today say, well, I just can't control myself. I just can't help myself. I just do whatever I want. Friends, that's because you're not in the Spirit. The Spirit brings you, you can have great power and great ability. God's not asking you to lose it. God's not asking you to lose your fervor and your talent and your abilities and your things for Him and to just be an old monk sitting in the top of the hill just going all day long and doing nothing. That's not what He wants. He wants to take the ability that He's given you to tame it and to be used for His glory and for His honor. Again, that's the design. The Bible says, take my yoke upon you. Jesus was a carpenter. I bet He built many yokes that would fill fill an oxen's head or go around it. And He says, take my yoke upon you. Remember the yoke of oxen? The great, chief, strongest, learned, wise oxen on one side. The little, new baby oxes on the other and the old one will teach the new one but my friend listen to me you will never learn from christ until you become meek never keep your boastfulness keep yourself out of control let yourself run wild sow your wild oats do what you want but you mark it down you will not learn of christ he will not teach you he says for i am meek and lowly So if He's meek and lowly for you to learn of Him, you've got to be meek and lowly. So don't say you'll learn of Him. Don't say that you'll let Him lead you and guide you and direct you if you, sir, if you, lady, will not be meek and walk in the Spirit. Number three tonight, we're hastening quickly. I want you to see the desire for meekness. The desire. Psalm 25, 9 says this, The meek will He guide in judgment, and the meek will He teach His way. Do you want to be guided by the Lord? I do. Do you want to be taught by the Lord? I do. If God's not leading you and God's not teaching you, meekness is a great problem for you. You are not under His control. Friend, you must understand that just like a bridle in the horse's mouth that will turn it wherever it goes, we need the Lord to lead us and to control us, that we are meek and to be able to be used. Many of us have the problem like this, though. You ever seen those uh, rebellious, my dog's like this. I tell him to do something. It may be for his own good, and he says no, and fights back. You ever seen an animal, when you try to tame it or to control it, and it loses it, freaks out, shakes its head, growls, runs, snarls, bites, whatever? That's the way we are to the Lord, when He's just trying to tame us to be used and be put under control. Again, the Holy Spirit never puts you out of control. He doesn't have you laying on the floor passed out. He doesn't have you speaking gibberish. He brings you under control. Again, being filled with the Spirit is not about speaking in all kinds of different languages and tongues. It's about controlling the one tongue you have. The Holy Spirit brings us under control. We can be kind. We can be patient. We can be loving. We can be joyful. We can be peaceful. We can be faithful. Do you understand the Holy Spirit makes you faithful? The Spirit makes you loving. It makes you joyful. It makes you patient. When you're in the Spirit, He makes you kind. He makes you good. He makes you meek. What that means is your boss at work can be able to tell you what to do and you don't buck at it. 
You don't fight against it. That means your pastor can help correct you and you don't fight back and just snarl your little self and throw a little fit. That means your parents can rebuke you and say something to you to correct you and you don't snarl and snap back at them. That means your friends and your loved ones can talk to you and tell you what's going on and you just don't fight back and bite back and clap back as the flesh wants to do. Here's three things though about the desire for meekness. Number one, it will bring wealth. Meekness will bring wealth. I can't tell you all the ins and outs, but the Bible says the meek will inherit the earth. Do you know what that means? Is We are meek and under His control in this earth, in this world, that one day we will have crowns in heaven. We will be experiencing His goodness. We will have the new heaven and the new earth. We will be given responsibilities in heaven. And we will have great things one day. Again, the Lord will come back to take over the earth. It will be ours and the meek shall inherit the earth. That's wealth. Second thing, wisdom. The Bible says the meek will he guide in judgment. He'll guide them in judgment. And the meek will he teach his way. You want God to guide you. You're going to have to humble yourself and walk in the Spirit. To walk in the Spirit means you don't walk in your own ways. That's your flesh. To walk in the Spirit means you have to be tamed and under His control. You say, not I, but Christ which liveth in me. It is not your flesh, it's not your way. You say, hey, I am going to walk in the Spirit by faith. And He will produce meekness. So you have church members who are not meek, who can't control themselves, who are just rampant, losing themselves. You'll find that they're not in the Spirit. Thirdly and lastly, you have worship. Christ has taken my yoke upon you and learned of me. When an oxen is in a yoke, he has been made meek. The ox has great strength, but it is under control. We must allow Jesus Christ to master us. Again, meekness is not being weak. It's being under control. Go ahead. This week, go to work. Hmm? Go to these places. Watch when these people don't get their way. Watch when someone or something or someone ruffles them. Watch when they go to eat and they eat like they're at a buffet like a little king and can't help themselves. Watch all their life. You'll see that their life is characterized about being out of control. They're not strength under control. You must understand that you can have all the athletic talent in the world, but if that talent isn't put under control and disciplined, you'll never use it for anything at all. Michael Jordan had all the great abilities, but if he did not bring that power under control to discipline it, and to be great at his craft, he would have never went anywhere with it. He would have just been out of control and used it for nothing. If you want to be used of good, you must be made meek. And meekness is not weakness. It is power under control. Let's pray together tonight.